Hello, my sexy listener. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Now, here's the thing. I love that you're here listening to my podcast, but I actually moved to a new channel. Uh, It's complicated and I won't really get into it, but I chose not to use Anchor as my host anymore. And I am using a new host. There are more episodes on the new channel. You can search for Confidential Chaos um, wherever you listen and it'll be there. So don't listen to this one. Well, you can listen to this one, but I'm going to delete it soon. So just make sure you're subscribed to the new channel so you can see all the updated episodes. There um, are almost 20. So make sure you subscribe to the new channel. And you can listen here if you'd like, but it won't always be here. All of the episodes on this channel are on the new channel. And how many times can I say channel? In one minute. All right. Go subscribe. You can also go, excuse me, you can also find the link to the new channel in the description of this podcast. All right. I will see you there. My body was like, all right, yeah, let's do this. My, my brain, what I was thinking, I was like, I don't really want to do this, but this is a weird situation to be in on this couch. And there's my friend and the lady that he hooked up with. And there's a great British baking show. Let me, let me watch that while this happens. up how's it going fucking episode number nine i'm actually kind of like what it's episode number nine of confidential chaos the podcast where we talk about some fucking chaos dismantling life's chaos one candid conversation at a time. Are you fucking subscribed? I have a serious question. Are you subscribed? Because, like, why not? No, but, like, why not? <sighs> it would mean a lot to me. If you would subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple. iTunes. Spotify. CastBox. All the above. It means a lot. It means the podcast is going to do well. And don't you want me to do well? Um, last week, episode with Erica on consent. Kind of crazy. The feedback I've gotten from that podcast. A lot of, um, a lot of people reaching out to, to you know, to let me know that they resonate with being stuck in these fucking gray areas. And um, plot twist, guys telling me that um, they've also been in this gray area where they feel like um, they were kind of coerced into sex. And um, that maybe their consent was coerced and that there might have been, you know, some not so savory implications if they didn't have sex with someone. And I put out that episode last week and I was just like, I gotta, I gotta talk to some dudes about this because 
Number one, call me naive. Um, but I, 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 I genuinely did not realize that this was just as much of an issue for men as um, it is for women. And I know that makes me sound naive. I know that makes me sound uninformed. But, you know, kind of one of the points of this podcast is that I'm not always going to be politically correct because who has the fucking time to stay up to date on what my opinion is supposed to be, who has time to be fucking perfectly informed. So I know now there are a lot of guys that also struggle with this. And I'm now learning that consent isn't just a gender issue, as in it's not just a, an issue that women deal with. Excuse me. I drank a LaCroix. I drank too many fucking LaCroix. I swear to God. I've had like six in the last hour. Um, what was I just saying? Uh, consent isn't a gender issue. There are guys that struggle with this. There are girls that struggle with it. So I know now. And I really appreciate everyone that reached out to me, male or female, to let me know... Um, You know, that opened up to me to tell me, you know, their own story. And some of the shit, man, some of the stuff people told me, like, people have been through some traumatic stuff. People have been through some fucking traumatic shit. And they're all still kicking. And not only are they kicking, they're listening to my podcast and then sending me Instagram DMs to open up to this person that they've never met. Like, it's so humbling. It's so fucking humbling that people trust me to open up about this stuff. So, like I was saying, I really, um, after having this conversation with Erica last week, which I thoroughly enjoyed, I really, it was almost like cathartic to get some of the shit out to be like, you know what? I had sex with some people that I didn't want to have sex with and I don't really feel good about it, but I just want other people to know that you're not alone. If you, you know, had sex with someone that you didn't want to have sex with because they, you know, asked you 17 times and finally you're like, well, fuck dude, whatever. Let's just get this over with. So I set up to record a podcast with two two close guy friends. And, and I know that I might get a little bit of pushback on this because, um, yeah, they're my guy friends. So, you know, they might um, represent my opinion or represent something that's a little too close to my own values. But... First of all, I just want to say I had a really hard time finding men that wanted to talk about this. Um, like no disrespect to dudes, but is I like no one wants to talk about it. Like guys don't want to talk about it. They're scared to talk about it because um, they're scared to say the wrong thing. They're scared to say a politically incorrect thing. 
and um, which I understand because I think that sometimes this conversation about consent is structured structured in a way that is so polarizing and kind of puts or, or makes men feel like they're on trial. And I want to be very clear about something. I am not of the opinion that anyone male or female that physically imposes their will on you that is an assault 100% that is assault if you are in a situation where a guy or a girl manipulates you Or makes you feel like if you do not have sex with them, there are implications. That is so 100% not okay. And that's my opinion on that. I do, however, feel like there is a bit of a gray area that isn't so black and white when it comes to this. Um, Kind of like what we talked about with Erica last week that there's either like violent rape or there's this like very magical, consensual, amazing thing that happens between a man and a woman or between two women, between two men. Um, and and I'm, that's kind of like all we talk about. And I do think that there is a gray area where we are just not communicating. Um, number one, guys don't understand that, uh, or girls don't understand that when someone says no three or four times and then, um, you keep making out or whatever, just because someone likes to make out, just because someone's wanting to fool around a little bit. And then they say no, when it comes to the actual act of sex, or they say no, when they start, you know, you start hands start wandering. Um, number one, doesn't mean that they're not attracted to you. Number, number two, doesn't mean that it doesn't mean, you know, if they say no, and then they continue to fool around, it just means that that's as far as they want to go. At least that's from, from what I've gathered in the conversations that I've had about this and what I can say from my own experience. But I don't think everyone understands that. I think there are people that think that, um, well, she keeps making out with me, so that means that you know, that maybe she wants to have sex or she's undecided. And I don't think that everyone should be put on fucking trial here, to be honest. I think that we should talk about this gray area. People should feel more comfortable talking about sex because it's, I think as quote sex positive as we try and act like today's society is, I think there's still a lot surrounding sex it's still pretty fucking taboo for example getting comfortable with someone 
making out with them and then stopping and saying, hey, I don't want to do this. I do want to do this and slowing it down enough to be able to talk about what you are and aren't comfortable with. That's super fucking taboo. People don't want to do that because I feel like sex isn't talked about enough in general. So I got two guy friends together. Um, one is my best friend's husband and uh, oddly enough, my best friend's brother. So Walker and Nick sit down or uh, sat down with me last night and I just wanted to have a totally open, um, no holds barred conversation about consent, about their experience surrounding consent and um, concerns that they have when it comes to just talking about it. Because as you will hear, um, they both felt a little worried about, you know, talking about it. They didn't want to say the wrong thing. They didn't want to um, offend anyone. They didn't want anyone to think that they're they've assaulted a woman um so as you listen i i hope that you have an open mind and i think that sometimes we can just expect you expect people to have these perfect opinions when we all weren't raised fucking perfectly. So I really appreciate Walker and Nick um, opening up about this. Uh, I think they did a really good job articulating themselves and um, really speaking from the heart about this. So I would really love your feedback. Please um, message me on Instagram, Norma Jean CC, or write me an email, confidentialchaospod at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Um, and without me rambling much more, uh, here we go. Welcome back to Confidential Chaos. It's your host, Norma Jean, and I've been listening to too much of Chris D'Elia's podcast this week, and I'm really jealous that his listeners... Like his listeners, are, they're a cult, and he calls his listeners my babies. <laughs> <laughs> I secretly want my listeners to be a cult, but I have no idea what I would call them. Like, what would I call my <laughs> listeners? I was going to say the NJs, but the NJ. th that's a bad one. That could go a lot of different ways. Okay. I'm here with, to my right, we have the infamous, not so infamous... To my right, go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Nick, also known as Olfus Patrick So Fantastic. Oh. Or Bam Bam. Or Cupid. <laughs> what's your <laughs> what's your age? My age is twenty nine, almost thirty. And relationship status? Married. Oh. To the wonderful Sarah Fitzpatrick. To the celebrity from episode number three. Sarah Fitzpatrick, who is sitting here with us. She doesn't have a mic, though, so she'll be stealing nicks from every now and then. But you guys don't need an introduction. You already know her. And then to my left, we have... Go ahead and introduce Walker yourself. Walker Woodman. What's your middle name? Reed. Walker Reed Woodman. They're all last names. And your name, age, and relationship status? 
I am 23 and single. Have you ever had a girlfriend? For short periods of time, yeah. Do you bring <laughs> them around your parents? I brought, I think I brought one girl to the house that my parents actually met. Did you meet this girl, Sarah? I remember when I brought McKinsey. Negative. No. no. I do because you and mom were sitting on the couch watching TV. Was this a long time ago? This was like, I was like a junior in oh, high school. Oh, yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. I haven't met any of your girlfriends. I feel a little left out. <laughs> Um, I brought you guys on this week because last week I did a podcast with my girlfriend about consent and the whole thing started because I listened to another podcast about consent and maybe I should have had you listen to it first, but you guys had, you guys aren't even up to date on my podcast. So I don't really think you're going to listen to, I've listened to every episode in my defense. I haven't had a phone for two weeks, so I'm two (laughs) weeks behind. Wait, so did you listen to the last one or no? What was the last episode you listened to? It was you and Tonto. Oh, okay. That was the last one. Those seem to be the popular ones. People really like me and my brother. Um, I feel like I can hear the mustache through his voice. <laughs> Tonto's mustache <laughs> is nothing compared to mine. Oh, yeah. Nick Nick has a good stash going. Um, his mustache looks like he just got done tying women to railroad tracks. My brother or no, Nick's? No, Nick's. <laughs> What? Oh, my God. Because it's like a 1920s villain mustache. It does look like you do look very anti-hero. <laughs> <laughs> You're also very vain with your mustache. Vain. Yeah. Explain <laughs> that. Because you have fucking mustache wax in your pocket all the time. <laughs> Gotta keep this shit sharp. I'm going to have to. Just like his knives. He also sharpens his mustache. Yeah, Nick has a new hobby where he fucking sharpens knives all the time like a psychopath. Um, that does make you a psychopath with your mustache and <laughs> fucking sharpening knives all the time. Sarah, you've made a mistake. Probably <laughs> sleep in the middle of the bed, too, like a serial killer. I did last night. <laughs> so it's slowly evolving. <laughs> you probably sleep in the middle of the bed with, like, every joint hinged like you're trying to be a letter in the alphabet. <laughs> Sarah's just like all the way to the edge, like it's the California King, but <laughs> Nick needs to use the middle of the bed and two body pillows. <laughs> How I many see- shapes can the human body make besides YMCA? <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Oh. I mean, no, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, no, at every Ducks game, everyone's Depends on how flexible they are. Well, yeah, but it's an... Okay, but if if you consider, like, the lower half of your body the negative space, you can make an O with your <laughs> arms or your legs. I feel but it's got to be... Yeah. But if you're looking at the body as a whole, putting an O above your head, you just look like a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like... Or an ice cream cone, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Or a microphone. But keep it... Close. close. I've had a very stern chat with these boys about keeping them close. <laughs> anyway, so I had you, I'm ha- I want to have you guys on because I I posted this episode and then I've gotten a lot a lot of pushback because <clears throat> there's a lot of concern that I haven't gathered the male perspective. So I have two males here to provide some perspective. 
So I think this will be interesting, number one, because Walker's single. (laughs) 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 Nick's sitting on the couch, (laughs) and it sounded like you were tooting. (laughs) And Nick is now married, but you've been single. You have been single at some point, haven't you? Yes. What was the longest you've been single? Well, from zero to 17. Yeah, from like when you started dating, not... (laughs) (laughs) You're like 17 Uh, Don't be a smartass on the podcast, noted. (laughs) Um, From 21 till 26. What? I think. You weren't single that long. Yeah, pretty sure I was. Sarah's shaking her head no. I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I don't think that's accurate. I think that's a little long. 25. Sure. How old were you when you met Sarah? 26? (laughs) 27, I thought. 26. Yes, 26. Okay, well, you, three to four years. We'll give you, we'll give you, okay. (laughs) Walker's been single intermittently for what? I think the longest time I was single was three years, like 19 to 22. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were about to say something about like 1980 or something. You were fucking born in the 90s. The 80s was a really tough period for me. (laughs) Before I was even fucking born. I wasn't even a glimmer in my dad's eyes yet. (laughs) Super single. So... I'll start with Nick. What is the what's kind of the fir- your first reaction when the the topic of consent comes up as my, a as a man? My first reaction. Yeah, or like, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like defensive? Do you feel like you could have a conversation about it? Do you feel like? Because I know some guys are afraid to even say anything just because the political climate surrounding consent is so, like, thick that they're like, I might say the wrong thing and then everyone's going to think I'm a rapist. Or, I don't know. Does yeah, no, sense? I think, yeah, I think all those those key, like, um, things hit your mind as far as it being a, a hot topic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, having a conversation about it is is pretty cool and uh, having the opportunity to talk about it. But, you know, like you say, it is a uh, pretty hot topic item. So for my my opinion on consent is that you absolutely need it. But there's also plenty of times where that consent is vague and um, pretty difficult to interpret, I think. So if you have like a lot of alcohol where people go out to meet like it's just kind of a recipe for disaster and the um, current climate is not super supportive of that Um, so you can help me out with like some ways of explaining this but what I mean by this is uh, you have alcohol go out to the bar you start drinking alcohol alcohol clouds your judgment and the next thing you know, you're talking to a girl in the bar and you decide to like start making out and things like that. And so then you're you're basing this whole like very serious potential like high consequence interaction 
with clouded judgment, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and I think that's where a lot of people like end up getting in trouble, especially as like a male, uh, going into things, um, is a lot of the times there is, uh, alcohol or other, um, things that are, are kind of clouding that judgment. And then there's just assholes out there too that decide to act out and take advantage of women, which is totally not cool. Yeah. So like, like physically impose their will. Yeah. Right. Right. Which Uh, I mean, that can become a somewhat of a, a hot topic too. mm -hmm. Um, but I mean like the, the science is there, like males are stronger than females. And, you know, I was thinking about this podcast, um, when you asked me to, when you asked me to come on and I, you know, throughout like human history, we've, we've had that, um, kind of that, that was mine. My Someone's bad. phone's going off. Um, Breaking podcast rule number one. Yeah. <laughs> Turn your fucking phone off. <laughs> but like, so um, you look at, um, and Walker's super good on history, so he might be able to help me out on this one. But, you know, like Viking cultures and um, that whole thing of we're going to go in, take advantage. And that's like the whole armies were all male based, right? And so great pillage and plunder. Yeah, you know, it's that's what you like you think of the Vikings and it's like somebody's gonna be a smart ass, like, oh, we rape, pillage and plundered, like yeah. the whole European continent and stuff. So mm-hmm. but you know, um sorry if I'm screwing this up, but no, 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 yeah, no. that whole uh that male like ego I think is is a big part of it. And then, yeah, if, if like, unless females can, like, defend themselves, then males are going to have their way, you know, just based off their, their natural strength. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of know where you're going with all that on the Viking culture, I guess. Like, the women in Viking cultures were tougher than most. They were stronger, able mm-hmm. to hold themselves up, I guess, but still... The men in that culture were just complete animals. I mean, mm-hmm. like getting in a 30-foot rowboat and going across the Black Sea. Like, it was crazy. Right. So no matter, like, how tough they were, like, the guys are still going to be able to, like, physically dominate them. Mm-hmm. Even though there's probably, there's definitely plenty of women out in the world that could easily kick my ass. hmm so yeah, so, too. so one argument is often that um, historically, men, men have um, are just stronger than women. So therefore, they I think that lends people to want to give them more responsibility when it comes to the topic of consent, just because the power dynamic is that men are stronger than women. Therefore. Um, even when you get into like emotional coercion or verbal coercion, it's, it's like, well, the power dynamic is so off balance that, that, um, the women feel like there's an implication for saying no. And in my, in, in, in a little bit of defense to that, I, I wouldn't say that in my experience, 
There, well, okay, so I could most of the times that I have sex, particular particularly when I'm thinking about a new partner, I'm not. I don't necessarily think like this guy's gonna beat the shit out of me if I don't comply or I don't have sex with him. But there's still this like looming like do I do I not do I do I not and I think maybe that's a little bit of the power dynamic but in my mind I'm not thinking like he's going to force me I don't know no I get what you're saying about that because personally like my sensibilities I I tend I try to be agreeable with people so I don't like saying no to people in Mm -hmm. general and I could see how for a woman in a sexual situation just the just not wanting to be thought of differently or looked down on for standing up for yourself almost mm-hmm. to saying no I don't want to do this right now mm-hmm. and then it's like oh she's a prude or something of that sense right. kind of and so along these lines so when I did start uh when I did start talking about this on Instagram and posting little bits from the podcast or posting um engagement pieces where I wanted people to talk to me about it. One of the major pushbacks I had was consent is not a gender issue, which it I'm, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you hear about like male rape or you hear about, um, male, uh, I don't know, like Like sexual assault. Right. But it's just not talked like I, it's just not talked about as much. So that's definitely was an oversight on my original approach, but I I wonder if either of you ever felt like you were in a like a a tough situation where you're like I don't want to and you did anyways or you didn't want to and you didn't know how to get out of it or or when you asked me to be on the podcast about this I told you I've never really thought about consent from the male perspective like mm-hmm. oh what do I think about consent like for me like me consenting to sexual activities with mm-hmm. people and there is now that I thought about it, oh here, let me I can tell you a story and let me see what you think mm-hmm. that situation was like. So me and my friend used to go to this bar all the time. Mm-hmm. And the two bartenders there, two female bartenders, one was probably twenty seven. I was twenty one at the time, just turned twenty one. And the other bartender, she's probably like thirty something. And so me and my friend were both twenty one go to the bar and she'd, they'd give us free drinks, like free cocktails they'd make. Like, oh, I made something new. Here's this. So you'd run up a $40 bar tab and only have to pay like $10. We're like, oh, wow, these bartenders really like us. We get to know them more and more. And they invite us out to drinks at this pool hall. And they start buying us beers. I mean, we're just drinking so much beer, like pitchers of IPAs and we were just absolutely hammered, me and my friend. Mm-hmm. This is a girlfriend or a guy friend? Guy talking? friend. Okay. So it's me, my guy friend, and the two lady bartenders. Okay. And they're drinking too, but n- not nearly as much as we are. Mm-hmm. And we go back to their place. Like my friend and one of the bartenders left in a cab beforehand. And then me and the other one stayed at the pool hall a little longer we ended up getting a ride with these two strangers, like had no clue who they were, took us all the way across Klamath to where this lady lived. And this is where it starts to get fuzzy because I had definitely blacked out at some point. <laughs> but I remember she was on top of me like we were on the couch oh, okay. having sex. And mm-hmm. I don't remember the lead up to that or like getting in the house. But Holy I remember shit. waking up. And I'm like, oh. We're having sex. And <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure I just passed out again. 
Like, I think yeah. I just fell asleep during it. <gasps> but the, the, thing, the thing that I found weird was the next day was I don't know if it's because I fell asleep or what, but I don't think she was satisfied with the situation. Mm-hmm. And so we had sex again that morning on the couch. And that's the one I could say I probably wasn't consenting to mm-hmm. because I didn't really even want to be there anymore. I was like, oh, okay. oh, this is a terrible situation. I was like, and I don't know how to get out of this house right now. Yeah. Was, and the funny thing was, it was like an L couch. And my buddy and the other bartender were sitting on the other side of the couch. And we had like a blanket over us. And she basically like just started grabbing my dick <gasps> to get it going again. And I was like, oh, well, I'm in this situation. Like, I guess I better just have sex with her on this couch while my friends are sitting. Your friends right there. Friends right there on the couch, too. I remember we were watching the Great British British Baking Show while it was happening. I was yeah. just like, man, that's a nice fucking cake. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn, they're good at baking on this show. But ended up getting a ride back to my house with my friend. And it was just a like, I don't feel traumatized or anything weird about it. But because I don't really think it was that terrible, mm-hmm. I guess. Did Me you, and my friends just kind of laugh about it now. We you, think it's a crazy story. Like, wow, that was a wild night. You didn't ever, like, right after you didn't ever be like, ugh. Like, did you ever feel like, oh, yeah. About it yeah, or, I was just yeah. like, oh, man, I slept with her? Like, ooh. Yeah. Wait, and she was, did you, were you saying she was older than you? Oh, yeah. She was, like, easily five, six years older than me, mm-hmm. I'd say. That's. Cradle robber. <laughs> yeah, that, see, and I can't, there have been so many times where I've been in that situation, not exactly that situation, but where you've, that dynamic the next morning where you're just kind of like, I don't really know how to get out of yeah, this. Yeah, we were cuddled up on the couch and I was like stuck between her and the back of the couch. I couldn't really just, and I didn't drive, so there's no way for me to just like, oh, I'm going to get in my pickup and leave. Mm-hmm. You know, and this might feel like super harsh to say, but I, I'm only going to say it because I posted a question the other day and a bunch of, I asked, um, I said, as a male, do you feel like your consent has ever been violated? And I, it was like, why? Yes or no. So then um, like 47% of men out of 900 said yes. And I was like really surprised. That night, like that many. Well, I feel like probably some of those were just guys going like, "Yeah, it can happen." Like oh, not yeah. not themselves right. got violated, well, but they're you know, like, "Yeah, I, it's possible." I think uh, like I just did a a study or a a training on like sexual harassment. And they say twenty five percent of sexual harassment claims at work are actually from males, and from oh they're, they're from males the like male males are getting sexually complaint. harassed. Okay. And, um, I thought that was pretty yeah. interesting, but like, I've been in situations like at my current employer where it was like, uh, not like a super good working relationship. Mm-hmm. And my supervisor has come up to me like definitely well within my personal bubble and like rested her breasts, like on my leg, like while I was sitting in the, the truck and it's like. Cool. It's kind of it's a really really awkward situation because mm-hmm. you don't know what to do because if I feel like if I had rea- reacted and like pulled away, then that almost could have been turned on to me mm-hmm. and be like, no, yeah. he sexually harassed me, like he groped my boob. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. like you were 
But then yeah. again, too, like our culture yeah. is always going to like Favorite. as a male perspective, they're always going to fall f- f- with the female, mm-hmm. you know, so it it was definitely, definitely weird. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think a lot of a lot of stuff goes unreported <laughs> because of that. Um, on the male end, on the male end, yeah. but then also just in general, because yeah. it's like it's a huge emotional thing uh, to come out and be open and. Um, like it's a big, it's opened up a lot of emotions potentially, mm-hmm. um, for you, especially if you feel like it was a traumatic event and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that 25%. So, did, so did right. you feel that when she was resting her breasts on your leg, that if you reacted in a negative way to that situation, that she would have flipped it on you if you would have been like, Hey, don't do that. And then. Like, if you would have told her, like, that's not appropriate, like, don't do that, that somehow she would have twisted it around and it would have been your fault for yeah. the situation? Just just knowing that individual 100%, mm-hmm. I feel like that could have Especially because she was a supervisor. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because when I did the podcast with Erica, the last one, I really was so emotionally charged by the by the podcast I had listened to about consent. And I was like, man, this is sparking up so much in me thinking about my own experiences. And I, I think that's pretty natural to, to be, to only think from your own corner to be like, this is what happened to me. And then to relate everything to you. But then I, after posting this and then listening to all these guys tell me stories about times that they've had their, you know, these weird things that have happened, like what you're telling me and what Walker's telling me, I never even, I never even thought that that was even a dynamic. And so I posted this and all these guys said, yes. And then I had, and then I posted a a sticker where I said, why, uh, I I asked, you know, like what happened or something. And a bunch of girls were like, well, if you're a guy and you get a boner, then you can't be raped. And I was like, whoa, I don't think so. Because how many times I know just as a girl, when like my body wanted one thing, but my mind was like, I don't want to do this. And I was just going to say that, like there's, there's your emotions speaking, like it's just a flood of emotions when you're like in that intimate moment. But then your, your brain's like, Hmm, maybe this (laughs) isn't a great situation. Right. Walker. Yeah. Same thing. You like, you go home, like you're blacked out, you know, by the sounds of that story, Definitely took advantage of you, was like forcing you drinks, um, but it's like, all right, your your mental capacity is like totally hindered. It was shot, right? Yeah. And so then, like, yeah, you look back on it now and be like, okay, that was not a good situation. But well, like, it happens all the time. Like your your body's telling you one thing, and your mind's like, hmm. Probably isn't well, the best like situation the whole to be situation in. in the morning was like she got it going again. My body was like, all right, yeah, let's do this. My my brain, what I was thinking, I was like, I don't really want to do this, but this is a weird situation to be in on this couch. And there's my friend, the lady that he hooked up with, and there's a great British baking show. Let me <laughs> let me watch that while this happens, and I'll just distract myself with what is it like a twisted tea or something (laughs) they made like crossbread or something that's like actually really heartbreaking though 
that story. Well, the, yeah. the thing is that you're like, I'm just going to watch TV and wait for it to be over. Like that actually sounds very <laughs> traumatic and terrible. Well, I didn't, it didn't stick with me as that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've told it to multiple friends. I was like, man, me and James had this crazy night, uh-huh. like one night. And the f- funny thing about it, I guess, is when you asked me to be on this podcast and mm-hmm. I told you I've never thought about male consent, like mm-hmm. from my perspective. Okay. And then I and then I started thinking about it, like my drive over here from Klamath. And I was like, you know, I think that was a pretty shitty thing that happened, actually. I was like, I'm going to tell this one on the podcast, yeah. see what Norma Jean yeah. thinks about it. That sounds awful. And I'm sh- um, Sarah's not saying anything, but I'm sure Sarah's like, that's fucked up. Don't do that to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> my brother had not quite that similar where he was drinking, but um, he there was a lady that he was involved with when he was very young, when he was like 19, and she was in her 30s. And 18 or 19, she was in her 30s, and she was actually married and sleeping with him. And I was just like, this is fucked. Like, that's a prime example of like, a power dynamic in my mind where she was much older than him. I don't know. Like maybe he felt like she had power or to me, that's a power dynamic, like an imbalance of power and she's married and he's like a virgin. And I just was like, that's, this is fucked up. This is super fucked up. That, that's, that was the reaction I feel when you're telling me this story about you and this woman. Yeah. And do you think that's a, like a common denominator for issues with consent is a power dynamic. Like who, if someone is at a higher level than someone else, like not every sexual assault or rape or consent issue, obviously, but Mm -hmm. do you think like a majority or just a bit of them like that, a power dynamics definitely involved in there somewhere, like whether it be supervisor, an employee, mm-hmm. older versus younger, yeah. someone drugging someone, but that's different. I'd I'd say even when you even when I think about just kind of like an emotional power, like I might be really into a guy, but I don't want to have sex with him yet for whatever reason. Um, that's even a little bit of an imbalance in power because maybe like I'm more into him than he's into me and he knows that he can kind of talk me into it because he he probably senses that emotional investment. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with the power dynamic in general, for sure. And that's maybe why guys probably get most of the most of the flack when it comes to consent because just physically... You're stronger. But so my when the thing is, is when I, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about violent rape. That's not what that's not what's on my mind, because I feel like that's a different thing. But there are a lot of people who want to classify them as basically the same. Like they want the consequences to be the same. If I if I have sex with someone and I said no eight times and then, you know, the night progresses and he keeps pushing it and keeps pushing it and then I eventually say yes or eventually we have sex, there are people that feel like that is just, that that requires the same consequences as violent rape of physically imposing your will on someone. And I'm, that doesn't sit right with me. It just, uh, and I know that's, 
that's against like the political climate as far as the the popular opinion of surrounding this but at that point I feel like I needed I need to kind of I don't want to say it's my fault and I don't want to say it's Walker's fault the next morning for having sex with that girl but I do think it maybe could require some introspection to be like all right I need to not do things that I don't want to do I don't know. That definitely yeah. made me not I mean, drink pictures of IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, just to touch on that a little bit, you know, I, I've, I've personally been in, like, a situation, obviously, like, on the opposite end of that. But it's, like, to to classify that, like, so saying no, no, no. But say they are still continuing to kiss or flirt. Like, if you say no... That means no. And then you need to just, like, cut it off there. But if you continue to kiss and, like, give those opportunities, like... Like, the, the male's thinking, okay, well, like, yeah, this is going maybe good. She's like, just maybe she's just playing hard to get. Yeah, maybe I'll try again. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, like, confusing thing. But if it's, like, if you truly don't want it, mm-hmm. then you... Yeah, it... There's... There's a, a gray area. So, yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with you. Like, that does not sit well with me as far as being categorized as the, the same. However, if, like, they say no, they try and leave that situation or, like, stop kissing, and then the male or female, like, pulls them back in, like, then, yeah, I think that becomes a whole different situation and is definitely rape at that mm-hmm. point. But. Like, how do you feel about, so on the last podcast, I told a story and I don't want to like tell it all over again. Cause I don't want people to be like, you already told this story, Andre, but there was a guy that I had like seen and it was the first, um, it was the first time we hung out, but we'd been texting for a while and I knew him. It was just like the first time we kind of went on a date. So we had hung out all night and then we ended up like making out after a movie and then I went home and then he texted me and asked to come over and I explicitly told him in the text messages like, all right, you can come over because he was from out of town. And I was like, you can come over. But um, I'm, I, I was like, I don't want to have sex. I said that in the text message. And then he got there and I said it again, like at some point. And then we go in my room. We're like watching The Office. And I, I guess this is where it's hard because like we're in bed. But we start making out and I say again, I say Dude, I was like, oh, I don't, I just, I don't want to have sex. So like, so you need to calm down. But like, I liked making out with him. It's not that I didn't want to make out with him. I wanted to make out. I was having, uh, that was fine for me. And then I kept, there were several times where I was like, mm, no, chill out. I don't want to have sex. Making out's fine. And then I would try and like cool it a bit. And then it just, after like eight or nine times, I ended up having sex with him. And then I was so mad that I did. And that's what's hard is like, <laughs> When when they keep pressuring, it's like, well, I like this guy, and he's pressured me so many fucking times that eventually kind of give in. But at the same time, I, f- I kind of wish that he had just respected the fact that I had said all those times, like, I don't want to have sex, I don't want to have sex, I don't want to have sex. And then he kept, and then he pushed it. So it's like, if he if he had literally asked right before we were about to have sex, like, are you sure? I just said no. Because he pushed it so many fucking times. 
And no, do I think he should be put on trial? No way. No, I don't think that at all. I think that he should learn better communication skills. I don't know. But I know that, I know that, you know, that happens a lot. And I don't really know what the solution is to that. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, I get when you keep making out and you're like, um, I don't understand. Because we keep making out and you keep making me think you want to have sex. So, <laughs> you know. Well, a problem from that, too, is like now that guy. So he's probably definitely done that before where women have said no, no, no over mm-hmm. and over again. And he kept saying, just like, come on, like, mm-hmm. let, let's just do it. it was, what, what's the big deal? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. And eventually they cave in mm-hmm. and he has sex with them. And he counts that as a victory. He's like another, he's like got another one. He's like, this works. Like they can say no, but if I just keep pestering and pestering, eventually I'll get what I want. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I think um, in the wrong like wrong context, and granted, we're, we're a total outsider perspective yeah. on this, but there's um, a certain point in like male culture and just culture in general, but especially pertaining to males, like playing sports and things like, if you're like, no, you can't win that football game. That gives you like, like a chip on your shoulder and it becomes more of a challenge, right? So if you're like, oh, no, this girl doesn't want to, like, have sex with me. Like, that guy may very well be like, okay, now this is a challenge. Like, I want to put on, like, the moves. And, like, oh, now this girl's, like, Mm -hmm. continuing to make up out with me, even though she's saying no. So, like, what is this? Like, kind of a game or something, you know? But, um, yeah, you know, it's like males and sex in general, like, you have to have that communication channel. And so, like, he probably should have been like, okay, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, especially after being told no repetitively, like, mm-hmm. before putting it in, you're <laughs> like, are you sure? And you said no a lot, so, like, yeah. yeah. Actually, no, like, let's just, like, let's wait. Like, really like you, like, hanging out, making out with you. And he needs to, like, respect that, but he should have done that. He but, definitely needs to respect the fact that you said no. Mm-hmm. I, do you feel like you do that? I mean, I was just going to say, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it. Like I, I've gone, I'd say I used to be almost like afraid of women cause I was just terrified of rejection. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, I'm not even go talk to her because she's going to just be like, fuck you, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. But I've definitely gone the other way where I'm just like, Oh, come on. Like, yeah. Just she said no. But after like I think like two, three no's, I'm just like, oh, okay, just it's a no. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Just accept the fact and deal with it. Which is kind of fucked up because like you're saying, it should respect the fact that just all it should take is just one no. Mm-hmm. She says no, that's what she means, then like go with that. Right. And when I talked to my brother about it, he was like Oh, I, 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 you know, if they get say me no, tell me no, then I keep trying, and then if it's like a second or third no, then, then I don't keep pushing, which is like, I just would wonder how to orchestrate this conversation where guys don't feel like I'm being like you're an asshole because you pressured her. I think that there is societal pressures on guys and there is a dynamic like what like first of all what uh, what I said growing up the topic of consent never came up 
uh, I was raised super religious. And so it was like, you get married and you have sex with that person and you only have sex with that one person. So there was never, yeah, it, was, it wasn't like when you, one day you're going to meet someone and then you might want to have sex with them. And then like, this is how you decide, or this is how you say no. That It was just like, you marry them and that's, that was that. So that is also the way my brother was raised. So it's not like anyone told him how to navigate this. So number one, I don't think most men this age where we're at have had much conversation before they started having sex about consent or like what that looks like from a girl or from a guy or whatever. And number two, like you're saying, I think you have a lot of society, societal pressures of like to just win, whether that's like in bed or on the fucking field. So I think that there's a little bit of that, that needs to be broken down a little bit. I've been like, for everyone, not just guys, but for girls to be able to, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think there's bad intent. Like, I don't think, if you knew, if you had sex with someone and you pressured her a little bit, but then you had sex, in your mind you're thinking, oh, cool, she wants this, right? And then she leaves your bed the next day or the next morning. If you knew that she felt super icky and, like, cried or on her drive home, you would be like, oh, my God, I did not want, that is so not what I wanted, right? Yeah, Yeah, I'd feel terrible. Yeah, it'd be awful. So but, I don't. Yeah, I mean. Um, well, vice but, versa. That if I was a guy, and and I pressured a guy, right? I certainly hope. Like I would feel so fucking bad. Yeah, it would feel disgusting. Yeah. Um. You know, I think uh, the unfortunate thing is that there's, like, I think this is a cool. Um, time and the fact that these conversations are coming out about consent and um i don't 100 percent agree with some of those things because um you know well we know we kind of touched on it a little bit with with the formal power um like harvey weinstein like super gross dude Mm -hmm. but it's like those women got what they wanted and like he like got that for him did they do it the right way no that's disgusting some Mm -hmm. of them Got what they wanted. Some of them. Some of them got fucking tricked by that nasty. Okay, man. so I, you know, I don't know the whole situation, so I probably shouldn't even talk about it. But <laughs> um, the point is that, um, you know, they, yeah, the whole taking advantage and things like that. Um, they, they benefit. Some of them benefited from from that situation. Mm-hmm. Um. But that, that's the thing is like uh, what's good about the, the movement, the Me Too movement and that sort of thing is that there's conversations that are being opened. Um, but the, the kicker about that whole thing is is a very subjective way. There's no clear cut thing. So society and our ethics and the way we were, we were brought up tells us not to do this, do this, don't do that. But, you know, there's kind of a gray area as far as um, the consent thing. So it's good yeah. to good to have these conversations because um, every situation seems to be a little bit different. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you really like this person, but you don't want to have sex. But 
you know, I don't know. It's it's complicated. Well, to what you were saying with the Me Too movement and these conversations happening, I feel like women that are my age are more confident and comfortable with saying, like, this is what I like, this is what I'm into, and being like, oh, I I do want to have sex or I don't want to have sex. The last few women that I've been with, they were like that. They're like, oh, this is what I'm into, or we'll be hanging out and it's start making out, and they're like, yeah, let's have sex. I'm like, yo, you want to, like, go to the bedroom? And they're like, yeah, let's go. Let's go have sex or they just say no. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to make out or cuddle on the couch or whatever we were doing. You almost feel like girls at twenty three, twenty four are better at this than or like. What do you? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. I guess I was saying I feel like they are have growing up and are in a more sex positive world. I guess yeah. you could almost say, and it allows people to be more comfortable with these mm-hmm. conversations than I would say. It, when you guys were my age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I would totally agree with that. I don't, well, I can't speak for all girls who are in their early twenties. I'm 20s, definitely but, yeah. not trying to speak for all girls. No, I get, yeah. No, you're. <laughs> Come you're on, just, dude, you got it. <laughs> on behalf you can of all speak the women for all the women, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you can speak for all the women, bro. <laughs> but even like Walker's saying, that sounds like this like utopia. Where it's like, do you want to go have sex? No. You know? And I think everyone seems to think... Everyone. I can't, I should not generalize. I should stop generalizing. Just talk about everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to generalize. But there seems to be a lot of concern that's like, if I ask, do you want to have sex? Or if I am asked, do you want to have sex? It's like all of a sudden going to kill the mood. When... I think, uh, I wonder if that's a little bit of a cop out to try and avoid having a better conversation around it. Like, I just, I, I don't buy that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I, yeah, I, I would say that. Sarah's shaking her head no. Oh. No. Okay. No. <laughs> you got to sneeze. You got something to say? Yeah, okay. Celebrity guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, just like oh yeah, let's let's go have sex. Like that's that's totally like a mood killer for me personally. Like my feelings. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. So if you're making first time you're with Sarah, you're making out. She was like, "Do you want to go have sex?" You would have been like, "Uh, not now." Yeah. yeah so if Sarah <laughs> no, asked you, in, okay, if you wanted to go to the bedroom, and you just go, "No, you ruined it." <laughs> Why did you have to make it a treasure hunt? <laughs> Treasure. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> no, I yeah. At that point, the body is saying yes. Okay, let's let's do this. But you look back on the situation, like, damn it. Why did they just yes or no? Yeah. I mean, my last girlfriend, she'd get pretty upset with me if I try to interrupt Game of Thrones with sex. She's not a fan of that. She's like, how dare you <laughs> stop Game of Thrones? <laughs> this is not happening. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, how do, how did you navigate this when you were single at the risk of not upsetting Sarah? 
Spoiler alert, she's always upset. Spoiler alert, Nick was not a virgin when he married you. (laughs) (laughs) Lies this whole time. If a girl has ever said, like, said, I want to have sex, you would have been like, nope. No, no, I wouldn't have been like, no, all right, you ruined it for me. I'm out of here. I don't know. I just, I guess I've never really um, thought of that, that, like... In that respect, I guess I've never. I've 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 always gone off like the the heat of the moment, which is probably not the best way. So yeah, I think I think um, I don't know having Uh, that conversation or just like, hey, do you want to have sex? But I don't know if it feels weird. I don't think like I think if it becomes a conversation or a taught thing, like you said, so. Getting off your your background, like homeschooled, super religious family, um, the I think being exposed to um, like sexual education in school, which our country is horrible at, um, and then like my mom is a very uh, out there kind of person as far as yeah, your r- sexual relationships, Ashland. as so- you know. <laughs> So sex positive. It so is, sex positive. She's like too sex positive. Uh, yeah, it's coming from you. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that. I mean, maybe that's helped you because I have never met someone like your mom. It's for, ridiculous. For the, for the listeners, his mom is so sex positive that one time, I, without giving too many details, I. Was hit it off with someone and had been making out with this dude all night. And I ended up having to share a hotel room with this guy and Nick's parents in the same night. <laughs> this is my wedding night. Yeah. Sarah their, and I's wedding night. Their wedding night. Crikey. They're, yeah. They're, fuck you. <laughs> Walker's giving away hints. He's an Aussie boy. Everyone else knows who this is if they know me. There's an Aussie boy that I hit it off with and we're making out all night. And then we go, wait, we leave the wedding. We end up having to share a hotel room with Nick's parents. We get to the hotel room, have a couple more drinks. And what? Oh, I'm shaking my foot. Oh, I was going to get another drink. Oh, what do you think? This is just like, no. (laughs) Okay. Let me finish the story. I'm listening. I'll pause it. We, we get to back to the ho- we get back to the hotel room and Nick's we shut off the lights and Nick's mom goes, um, you guys can have sex if you're really quiet and we're sharing the same fucking hotel room. I could literally reach my arm far enough over and touch your dad's shoulder. <laughs> he was so close to me, like the bed was so close, and your mom was like, oh, then she suggested that we take a shower. And have sex in the shower. And I was like, Debbie, we're fine. We don't need to have sex. But that's You guys need to get in there right now. (laughs) She was so paranoid about the fact that we had been making out all night and that we couldn't have sex because we had to share a hotel room with them. All the emotions, the blue balls and such. Nick's mom didn't want to be a cockblock. Is there a term for that? Like blue balls? Is there a equivalent to the female anatomy? I don't know. We don't hurt if we don't have sex, so <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Do not have pent-up emotions? No, no. It doesn't hurt us if we don't have sex, but 
And then your mom woke us up the next morning. <laughs> you guys sure you still don't want to have sex? We'll get you coffee. Yeah. yeah she, Checkout's not till her, 11. Her, <laughs> literally. Really? Her, yes. Her and Jerry went down. Her and Jerry went down to get coffee. Okay, we'll be gone for one hour. <laughs> yeah. She went down to get coffee and she woke us up and she goes, Jerry and I are leaving if you want the hotel room to yourself. Oh my and God. I was like, wow. oh my God, Debbie, no. <laughs> she, oh, but that's how sex positive Nick's mom is. So maybe growing her up, up around sex like that, that kind of talk helped. Yeah. No, I, mean, I don't I'm think sure. it, um, yeah, I don't think it hurt, but the, the unfortunate thing is like not everybody has that opportunity to be exposed to that, uh, that often and have that like positive outlook on sex and like, um, this is how you should behave and like you need to like cherish it and appreciate it mm-hmm. and you know then some people just don't have that ability like like you were saying earlier um you were never taught like sex is taboo like in your family in your upbringing like it is taboo mm-hmm. and then so how are you supposed to know like what is right and wrong when mm-hmm. you get to like when you start having sex like yeah um and then if you like end up with the wrong partner for the first time, heaven forbid, like, and they are too aggressive, you have no perspective as to whether that was right or wrong. And then yeah. it just opens up the doors for a lot of negativity and bad relationships from there on out. So, that- and so there's, there's this whole cycle, I think, of as, um, you know, abusive relationships can develop around, mm-hmm. around that. So your mom, so your the conversation about sex in general growing up was very, your mom. What what did that sound like? Did did, did she was she uh, open to it? Like if you had questions, would did you feel free? You could easily go to your mom and she would answer. Do, do, them. do you know my mom, Walker? <laughs> <laughs> did you ever ask your mom questions about sex? Like when you started having sex, or uh, it probably wasn't so much her, but her being like so like. I, I oh, saw, pressuring yeah, you? I, you know, I saw somebody come over last night. <laughs> like, what'd you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> Did well, you have a good time, honey? <laughs> what do you... Yes, th- mom. Thank Nikki. you. How do you think her input was as far as your respect, like respect for women or um, your treatment of women? Like her, what, what did that look like for you from your mom? Do you feel like she gave you or your dad? Like, do you ever look at other people's parents and be like, you did not teach your kids to respect women like my parents taught me? Or or did you not learn that from your parents? That's a thinker. Um, no, I think, uh, I think if anything, I probably learned how to treat and respect and, like, show love for women from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, like, he's a pretty amazing human, and, like, he just cherishes and like worships my mom he does and um my mom like um has taught me to to try and do that as well you know like to embrace women and love women and Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think my parents definitely had a big part in that um so watching watching your dad is like you're like I want to treat my wife this way yeah yeah like I just like I've very rarely see him fight and like just 
they're they're good parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and um, also just like having that. I didn't talk about sex with my dad that often. Like, mm-hmm. and that's typically like societal. The dad talks about the birds and the bees with the boy, and the the mom talks about the birds and the bees with the the girl. But I I not always willingly talked about sex more with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know. I, the, I don't know. There might be something to that. Like as embarrassing as that maybe felt for you and probably still embarrassing for you now, the fact that your mom was so like, this is not going to be a weird thing. You're going to, you know, it's not going to be weird now. It's not going to be weird later. Like, I don't know. Do you, do you think that has anything to do with maybe your inter- interpretations of sex or like your interpretations of like maybe your intuitiveness surrounding it. Yeah, and I think intuitiveness is like a good good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's the tricky part about the human psyche is you don't really. There's no there. I mean, obviously, there's very like acute traumatic events, but just as like a whole like upbringing and stuff, there's not any specific things that stand out to me that would have made me more intuitive. But yeah, maybe having my mom mm-hmm. want to talk about sex so often with me and like being interested in my sexual life and things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe there's something into to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, "I didn't want you to have like sexual partners and explore. Just be safe. Like use mm-hmm. protection." Not a lot of people probably get that from their no, moms. Like no. I can guarantee you not a lot of people get that. But um mm-hmm. I think it was probably a good thing as a whole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how do you tell like new moms, like, hey, do you have a son? You need a you need to talk about them and yeah. support them in their sexual efforts and stuff and mm-hmm. then you interject like religion into that and um things like that. It's like there's no way. Yeah. We're definitely not there. Yeah. Um but there's not to say we can't have conversations about it mm-hmm. or like recommendations as to um, words to use and things like that or improving the the sexual education at schools and mm-hmm. um, shoot, maybe having like sexual mentors, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know, it's like, yeah. it, well, it's like uh, the comedian we were just watching, like there's like sex is weird, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's pretty taboo, like, and it's it's a very hot topic if somebody gets upset or, like, you have a baby with somebody on a one-night stand, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the consequences are huge. Yeah. You know? Which is a good point, because the consequences surrounding sex, period, are huge. Like, STIs, pregnancy, emotional distress, because you had sex with someone you don't want. Like, I think that's why I feel so maybe passionate about or convicted about talking about it but like I said it seems like people feel like they're they're being put on trial when it comes up so that I don't know I don't know how to diffuse that but I hope people you know talking talking to people like you and Walker talk and more people feeling like even Walker admitting like um maybe I wasn't always the best at like not pushing the issue but as I get older, I think like maybe I don't need to push the issue. I'm not sitting around. I'd like it's the night's fine if I don't end up having sex. And the same like with me, I know I've been on the end of that too, where I've been like, damn, I wish we'd fucking bang. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there have definitely been guys that didn't want to, and I'm like frustrated. Put so, it in, Meg. <laughs> you probably had whiskey dick. <laughs> <laughs> Bark. But, but I wonder what the 
I I know Walker's parents, and I know you guys weren't friggin' chatting about sex all the time. I <laughs> want to hear. This is the closest I've had to like a sex conversation with my parents. And it was with my dad during deer season last season, and we're in the truck. We were riding around, and I kind of had a friends with benefits things going with this lady at the time. Mm-hmm. And my dad just, just out of the blue, he just goes, you got a girlfriend? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to explain what friends with benefits is mm-hmm. to him. And so I just tell him yes, and he goes, okay, okay. You give him pussy? <gasps> Your dad said that? Yeah, and, oh. I, and I just looked at him, I went, hell yeah. And that he goes, he's like, all right. And that was it. That was our sex talk. <laughs> it was one of his sleep-deprived nights. It probably was. I probably had more like sex conversations with your dad than you have then. Oh, definitely. Ew. <laughs> Not like in detail. <laughs> Obviously, that would be freaking weird, Norma Jean. So what, were you guys supposed to not have sex until you were married? You just didn't talk well, about it? Well, I don't or? know because... My mom just out of the blue started making me go to church. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she ever made Sarah go to church. No, Sarah never had to go to church. But from like the age, you didn't? Or did you? Oh, okay. I guess she did. She didn't have to go when I had to go, mm-hmm. apparently. They had they were on a schedule. You guys were on a bi like schedule. Yeah. Sarah or, had to go, then you had to go. Sarah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> But Can't handle both them hellions at once. No, I don't think there was ever a sex conversation or like this is safe, it, like talking about safe sex or abstinence or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, I love what you just said. It's not about putting people on trial because it's not. No. And I would love for any, if any guy wants to reach out to me, I would appreciate that so much. If you want to reach out to me on Instagram, Norma Jean CC. Uh, and talk about, you know, like wh- wherever you feel on this, if you feel, you know, like you have it sorted out and mm-hmm. you have a system, mm-hmm. then tell me about your system or if you have a, um, or if you feel c- confused or, um, you know, maybe pr- pressured by what, wh- however you were raised or whatever masculine tendencies you have, I, you know, I'd love to hear about it and I'm not going to. You know, I don't want to judge anyone. I, I'm not here to, like you said, I'm not here to put you on trial, uh, but hearing it from both sides and then and then moving on. So um, I want to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been talking for two hours. Have we been talking for yeah. two hours? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's not for uh, like two hours. Yeah, I know. Um, but I want to do this again because I feel like there. I had this whole idea of like how this is going to go, which has gone so super well, but it's not really so much more so much, so much more much i want to talk to yeah talk about so i want i want to give people like a cliffhanger no <laughs> um i also don't know if people are going to listen to like four hours of a podcast so um thank you thank you for coming on like i said if there if there's anyone i would talk to about this it'd be you because you're so open and you're so articulate all my friends love you and my, my roommate and i tell you the first time my roommate met you was like she's She's like so well spoken. I just want to speak like her. <laughs> oh, you didn't tell me that, but she yeah. said that. Oh, that's what she really said sweet. that every time you talk, she just listens up because you're just so well spoken. <sighs> which is how I felt about you from the first time I met you. I was telling someone the other day about how I learned from you to over communicate in the sense that, like, say we made plans and then you remember that time you made plans with someone and then you got obsessed with cleaning your fridge. 
And then you told them, you were like, oh, I got really into cleaning and I just, can we reschedule? And yeah. I was like, you're so awesome for being <laughs> honest about just being like, I no disrespect, but like, I'm really into cleaning my fridge right now. <laughs> it just, I just find that it just feels better to be really blatantly honest. I think honestly, you know where this comes from is when I was a kid, I lied a lot. <laughs> I was a big fat fucking liar kid. I lied all the time about all kinds of things mm-hmm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's so stressful when you get caught in a lie and then you have to lie to cover up a lie. And then you have to, and I'm not talking about like big serious things, you know, I was like a child, but yeah, it's just like, I was cleaning my fridge, but if you lied, you'd be like, Oh man, they're going to like know that I didn't go to bed earlier. Yeah. 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 Or you cancel one thing. I know I double booked myself tonight. Actually, I made plans a week ago for tonight with a friend and I was Uh. on my way here and they texted me (gasps) and said, we still on for tonight. And I was like, and I just had to be straight up. I said, my friend asked me to do a podcast and I said, yes. And I forgot that you and I had plans Yeah. and I double booked myself and I need yeah. to be better about that. And I apologize. Yeah. I did that recently. I think I did that to you. You did do that to me. Yeah. I did that to you. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, I fucking, oh, I'm the worst and yeah. I'm so sorry. But, but yeah. it was a non-issue because yeah. you just straight up, you're like, honest. oh yeah, I double booked. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. What I wouldn't be understanding about what anyone wouldn't be understanding about if is if you're like, oh no, I'm too tired, and then you post on Instagram that you're hanging out with someone else or yeah. something, you know, yeah. any kind of lie. And that's the thing is you can smell it out. Yeah. Normally when someone's bullshitting you, mm-hmm. you can smell it out as opposed to like, um, or even if you're just like, Man, I thought I'd want to hang today, but I really just like don't want to leave my couch and I love yeah. you, but like yeah. just not in the mood. I've been there and I'm so yeah. grateful. I feel like all my West Coast friends just vibe with that too that some days I can be like you know I know we said we we're gonna do this but I'm just not feeling social today mm-hmm. yeah. most of the time it's because I'm sewing not because I'm cleaning yeah. my fridge but <laughs> sometimes it's because I'm cleaning but my I've fridge. Pre- I've I've like learned that from you I've 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 taken so many mental notes from you and on that sense of being like man Erica is just so good at communicating like mm. over communicating been like you know what sorry but and I'm like man I love that. There's no bullshit. Here. No bullshit. Yeah. That's just my goal in life yeah. in general. Just no bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, Thank you so much. This yeah. Fun. Yeah. I mean, heavy, but fun. yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for everyone that's listening. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Norma Jean, C-C-N-O-R-M-A-J-E-N-C-C. That's probably where I'm going to be the most interactive as far as, um, private messages or anything like that that you want to discuss um i would really appreciate it if you left a review um i only know how to leave a review on itunes but um i would love this podcast to do well and that's one way it could do well so anyway thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week